Papai, I'm Funk Butcher. So this is episode three of Houseology Voices, a series of conversations with contributors of rave culture. And I'm joined here today by two very important people who facilitate the world known um, in political speak as the nighttime economy, but we would widely call rave culture. My first guest is Samantha Mathis, and she is the late night levy manager over here in the borough of Hackney, London. And she's also joined by David Chewitt, the licensing team leader of Hackney also. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Kwame. It's, it's, um, it's great to be here. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to kind of get this level of insight um, from someone who's involved in music. And I believe you have a background in music also. Do you, do you want to tell us about that? Yes. So um, I actually used to be um, a tour manager. I was an artist myself. Really? as well as a promoter. Wow. And uh, Yes, and an artist manager in the... In North America, mostly. Okay. Um, I came over here six years ago, and yep. I, wor- I continued working in music. I, I put on gigs. I've promoted shows. I've, I've done it all, really. Amazing. Um, and now I work in the council with David here uh, and work with licensed premises. So it's a, it's a good evolution. Okay. So your evolution from the music background uh, to here, the council, is that, a, like, is that a big jump for you? Kind of... Um, I think it was the right jump at the right moment, to be honest, because um, at one point when you've accumulated a certain amount of experience, you want to kind of go towards the next logical step. And I think lo- working with licensed premises allows me to do that and allows me to put myself in the shoes of the other person uh, across the table. So, yeah, okay. it's, it's a good evolution. Amazing. So let's go back a few steps. So your role here is the late night levy manager. Um, for a lot of us who kind of just go out there, just DJ or go out there and just rave, would you like to break down what a late night levy manager does and what the late night levy is? Sure, sure. So the, na- the late night levy is actually an annual fee that applies to all licensed premises in the borough who trade after midnight. Um, and that's to go towards alcohol, alcohol-related crime and disorder. Um, so essentially, all the licensed late-night venues, they, they pay an annual fee based on their size and their band. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes into a fund that I then uh, am in charge of managing. And it's also, it also is managed by a, um, a local board um, that includes business, business owners. It includes the police. So we all sit once a quarter, sit down, and kind of put our heads together and try and decide how the best way is to spend that fund. And that will go towards things like policing, it'll go towards prevention initiatives and activities, it goes towards training. So there's a, there's a vast array of activity funded by the levy. Um, yeah, so I, I, I hope I explained that all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my job is essentially just to look after that fund okay. and make sure that Everyone's on board with what we're doing and I, I, and to engage with local businesses and make sure that that's what they want as well. So, okay. So, yeah. I mean, you're a very hands-on uh, member of, of local government because actually I came into contact with you yeah. whilst I was sitting in a Stoke Newton um, yeah. a venue and you were doing the rounds of engagement and you came yeah. in there. Is that something that possibly you've brought into the the role rather than something that's traditionally known from the role itself? I think the role itself is new. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think there was any kind of predefined notion of what involved. But as I took on, as I progressed with it, Mm -hmm. um, I really saw the benefit of engagement. And I think it's extremely important because uh, the more that we communicate and the more that we're all on the same page, the safer the borough will be. so it's, it's about prevention, it's about communication, information, 
and then enforcement as well. But I, I, yes, as you said, I'm, I'm a very hands-on person. <laughs> I, I like to meet the people yeah. whose um, decisions that we're making effect, yeah. uh, I think it's really important. And I think it works, definitely. I mean, even from my perspective, um, first impressions do count. Um, you coming into the, the place and, and just kind of yeah. uh, putting your name, uh, your a face to the name, rather, as to uh, what kind of role you do. I think it was uh, quite encouraging especially oh, for someone from, yeah i guess it's someone from the, the the music community who actually have a very um uh how should i put it i think there's a lot of stigma between yeah. local government and i think what you guys are doing um is kind of breaking down those barriers and especially with conversations like this so what do changes look like from the late night levy manager's perspective there's this late night levy yeah. um on top of I believe companies' business rates, they pay the levy, it's yeah. an annual levy. Yeah. What do those changes look like for? Um, you mean changes toward, changes in regards to how we're going to be doing things moving forward? No, or? changes in like the, the Raven environment. So oh, you're, yeah, okay. in terms of enforcement you were talking about, what do those changes kind of look like? I think, I think those changes look like, um, look like participation, actually. Mm -hmm. I think that the more people participate, in how local government makes decisions that affect him, the more, the more successful and the more uh, positive outlook that that actually provides. Um, I think participation is hand in hand with engagement. It's really important. So I want to see moving forward. I want to see us, you know, hand in hand with local businesses, hand in hand with police. We, it's it's about it's it's about the community. It's about the nighttime economy community essentially, and us all coming together and sharing our opinions of what we think is going to work. Um, and that's the, I hope that's what's to come. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And sitting alongside you is David Chewitt, is the, let me get this right, licensing team leader. That's right. Of Hackney. And um, you've been doing this um, for quite a while now. I have. Yes, because I've, I've heard your name about, and this is the first time we've actually met, but um, you've, you've had a very um, important hand in the facilitation of events happening actually in that's the bar of hackney that's good to know <laughs> so from uh the perspective once again of someone who has no knowledge whatsoever of how licensing works or what even is licensing would you like to break that down for us please so generally the the role of licensing um within the borough uh, I, I can say it's it's the same in each borough mm -hmm. uh, across england and wales uh, but when it comes to rave culture nightlife licensing etc um, the way in which it's dealt with in each borough is slightly different. So each borough has to, by, um, by direction from the Home Office, come up with its licensing policy. Okay. And that should be designed to reflect local circumstances. Um, so, for example, in some areas of London where there's a lot of nightlife, say West End, Shoreditch, Camden, mm. uh, some parts of Brixton, etc. Uh, then outside of London, in cities such as Birmingham, Brighton, Manchester, Newcastle, Cardiff, um, each one of those councils, those borough councils or city councils, will come up with, will be set up differently, um, to both to develop nightlife as well as uh, deal with any challenges that it poses. Okay, so the key, um, I guess, driving force is the, the, the cultivation and, and the development of the nighttime economy, especially since um, we're in the era now of a, a, an appointed night czar looking yeah. after our raven environment and what's Within London, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And in some other cities, I think, um, I think maybe Manchester as well now has a... Yes, elected yeah, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah. So 
Um, I've worked very closely with Amy LeMay um, with uh, some projects at, at City Hall, and she is the, the London Night Czar, for anyone who's not from London who's listening in. Um, for someone understanding the nighttime economy and the kind of the, the bureaucratic structure, how does the information that you guys collect, how does it funnel back to Amy and this team that's supposed to be looking after um, our raving experiences? Uh, well, we've, we've passed, participated in various surveys. I think that the um, uh, GLA or Amy LeMay's office has um, like published or uh, invited responses for. Mm -hmm. <coughs> uh, but generally, I think we, we pass, participate in the yeah. um, Borough Champions Group, which, is, which she's got set up. Uh, and that meets once a quarter, I think it is. Yeah. Um, apart from that, I'm not really sure if... Well, I mean, they, they do have various research uh, initiatives mm -hmm. um, and they do a lot of consulting um, and they do come to us for, you know, information requests and gather information from all the boroughs in London to kind of get a clear picture. Okay. Um, they did do the database as well online for all the different types of venues. I don't know if you've seen that. So no, it's so an what's online. That? I'll, I'll link it to you so you can include a link in your podcast. Yeah. But, um, it's essentially a map of London with every, all the venues on there. And you have LGBTQ venues, you have late night venues, you have Amazing. grassroots music venues. So that's, that's a project that they, that's been ongoing for Amy. And she's come to us, you know, to provide information in that regards. And she, she's constantly kind of um, requesting, you know, facts and figures so she can get a better picture of uh, the city as a whole. But yeah, that's an ongoing thing. And it's just a, a continuous relationship between us and the mayor. Brilliant. Yeah. And I mean, I've taken the liberty of reading up on the, the minutes on one of your last meetings, your last licensing committee meetings in September. And I can see that um, you've got a online um, function which allows some of the patrons to connect with you guys at City Hall. Is that something that communication seems to be at the driving force of... Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so we're we're constantly so obviously we have public meetings here at the um, at the town hall. Okay. That people so licensing committee is one of them where people can come and, and attend and watch us, um, you know, speak to the councillors and present our, our findings or reports, etc. At different times in the year, they're different. So any members of, of the public? Some are the public meetings actually on Hackney's website. There's yeah. actually a calendar of all the public meetings that are being held. Brilliant. So yeah, and and we encourage people to take part in that and come and. You know, uh, it, it's an open forum where they can really see, and that's it's, it's part of the council's, you know, duty to to keep things transparent yeah. and um, publicly available. So, David, you was mentioning this borough champions thing. Is there a healthy competition going on between some of the boroughs? Yeah. I, I, I hope we're I hope we're beating we're beating the Islingtons oh. of the. <laughs> but it does seem that um, even from a, a, a consumer perspective when you head up Kings and High Street and you, and you get to um, a lot more the buzzing hotspots like Shoreditch and even Dalston, um, we seem to be harnessing a lot more of the energy that areas like Camden once were more renowned for. That, that must make you quite happy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does make me happy. It, it, it makes, uh, you know, it, it certainly makes um, our planning co colleagues happy because our, our colleagues over in the planning service, they, they, they're all about activity and wanting active sh streets, active shop fronts, etc. And so, so yeah, certainly from that that respect, it, um, uh, they're happy. Uh, in relation, in regards to competition, I'm not aware of any of us like 
been in competition <laughs> with. Uh, is with that your diplomatic other, response? Sorry, <laughs> is that your diplomatic response? <laughs> but I, I, what, what I can say, I, I know that uh, some boroughs are actively seeking to develop their nighttime economies. Mm -hmm. uh, Wolf and Forest is one uh, amongst these, uh, and the the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, is keen for each borough. I think more than keen, actually. I think it's a direction from uh, to GLA to set out for each borough to set out a vision for the for its nighttime economy. Brilliant. Um, and I do know anecdotally that um, some of our operators are approached and have in the past been approached to to open up venues. I, I, I can think of one example where an operator who's got a number of premises in Hackney, including one in Dalston, uh, where before the Olympics mm -hmm. uh, came along, he was approached to, to open up a, a venue within the Olympic Park and in some of the commercial uh, premises around there so so it does happen um but yeah in relation to competition I'm, I'm not sure about that i'm not sure i could answer that i do want to add though in, yeah. in, just in on the subject of other boroughs um i think it's extremely important for instead of you know pitting ourselves against them to actually work with them yes um, of course and one example i can give you is the reframe the night campaign we recently did on sexual harassment in the nighttime economy. Okay. Because we partnered up with City of London. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, if, so Shoreditch has a border that it shares with City of London. Liverpool Street Station is actually in the City of London. So what we did is we rolled out a joint campaign throughout yeah. that entire zone, nighttime economy zone. Yep. And so that's an example of how boroughs can work together, actually. Of course. Um, to kind of, you know, increase awareness about mm -hmm. certain things yeah i so. think that's really encouraging for uh, once again people who aren't from london who aren't even from the the country how safe the raven environment can be and that everyone is collaborating to make the raven experience a lot safer mm -hmm. um i want to touch back on to licensing because i've it's this it's a very um i want to say it's a strange concept it's strange if you have no real understanding of the the application process yeah. would you mind kind of running through in in a in a way what does a licensing application look like in terms of um a venue applying to um sell alcohol after a certain time sell alcohol or have music so so we we generally encourage people or applicants potential applicants businesses uh, to to look into their planning permission as well. Okay. Because there's two, if you like, regulatory regimes. So there's, um, there's a planning regime and a licensing regime. So planning, planning sets out land use, how particular pieces of land should be used and for what activity. Uh, and then where licensing is, it comes after that, if you like, and it's more about how uh, that particular piece of land or that particular building, that premises, is, is to be operated. Um, so, for example, if I was to say a uh, picture house which we're looking at across the road, um, that's a cinema, but it also has a, a restaurant bar in the, in the, on the ground floor. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a sort of multiple-use premises, but a, a smaller premises, say a pub or something like that, that would require planning permission to be used as a pub. Uh, they, they would then apply to us for a license um, and that license would authorize them, if it's granted, to, to sell alcohol, to play music, to sell hot food at night, that sort of thing. Okay. And the license is with the property rather than the actual applicant, is, I believe it? Yes, that's okay. right. That's right. Pre previously, under old legislation, it used to be the op opposite way around. But 
Really? So you can actually, you could actually, uh, as a, an applicant, take that license with you to another premises? Yeah, that's right. Under old, old licensing uh, acts, the, the individual was the, the licensee there. There was, there was a process to change it, but, yeah. but generally speaking, it was with the individual. Where now, um, the license sits with an individual at a premises, and it's, it's norm, it would normally be there forever unless it's, it lapses or that, that person dies or the company goes or it gets taken away. Okay. Now, I've, I'm aware that there are um, areas within the borough of Hackney, special policy areas, SPAs. That's right. So I believe there's two in Hackney currently. Is it Shoreditch and Dalston? That's correct, yeah. So what in the world is a special policy area? Okay. Um, in Shoreditch and Dalston, uh, we, we the council collected evidence and the, the police also. And what that evidence shows is that there's some negative harm. Um, and that correlates with those nighttime economy areas, those... Um, the most intense nighttime economy areas that we have. Okay. Um, so these are negative harms of things like crime, disorder, thefts of property, uh, antisocial behavior, noise, littering, uh, urinating in the street, etc. Uh, and all the SPA is, the special policy is, is a policy approach. So where we ask applicants within those defined areas to demonstrate that their proposal will not add to the negative harm so okay. it will not add to those, those, those types of things that we identified earlier. Yep. Um, and these applications, they usually refer to licensing subcommittee, which is um, made up of elected council members for a decision. Uh, and it's that subcommittee, if they're not convinced that um, the applicant's case, if you like, is strong enough, um, the application is refused. Um, it should be noted, though, that we're where there is an SBA, it's not a blanket policy, mm -hmm. uh, and it's very much each case considered on its own merits. Okay, that's good. So for uh, venues who may be deemed as problematic or in problem areas, there, yeah. is, there, are discretionary, there is a discretionary space where they can obviously... Yeah, yeah. So we, so we don't necessarily um, highlight areas or label areas as problem areas, but mm. just... You could say they're, they're stress areas where, as a result of this activity, we've got some negative harm. So okay. if, if a new business wants to come into that um, area, we, uh, the council just wants to be satisfied that it's not going to add, it's not going to have a, a, a negative impact. It's yeah. not going to contribute to the negative impacts that have been experienced. Yeah, that's very encouraging. Um, how many, can you say, like, how many new licensing applications there were for... Like we'll say we're in 2020 now, 2019, is that something, is that a rough, is there a rough figure we can kind of look at? There's a, a rough figure, yes. Uh, if, talk about um, uh, applications that re relate to alcohol and entertainment, we got, we got over 160 applications last year. Just for Hackney? Just in Hackney. Wow. Uh, but that's not necessarily a person or company seeking a new license. So that, this could be variations of existing licenses, uh, people changing their layouts, uh, okay. applications. Um, but what we do do is uh, present a report with all of our stats to the licensing committee um, at the start of each year, each financial year. So in a few months' time, um, we'll, we'll do that again. Gotcha. And going forward, are we looking to see um, an abundance of more venues kind of popping up for 
this year? Is that what's what's the plan going forward? How do we um, how does Hackney maintain that that very um, infectious yeah. hold over the raving environment that it seems to have right now? <laughs> uh, I can only speak from what I what I can see. So if you take Shoreditch for example, yeah. You, you look up, you look down in Shoreditch, you can see cranes everywhere. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's loads of um, new space, commercial space uh, being built at the moment. Um, there's one particular scheme called um, the Stage, which is uh, they, they found ruins of uh, William Shakespeare's first theatre. Wow. And around, around that development, uh, there will be some some leisure activity. So, so and that will be on the ground floor of those um, that development. Uh, in other parts of the borough, it'd be interesting to see because obviously the, the high street is changing. Yes. Um, so I don't, I don't really think we're seeing a lot of vacant premises in Hackney. Mm -hmm. uh, that might be the experience in other parts of the country. Um, but I don't know. It's difficult to say. I guess it, we, we might see we might see new new venues popping up. Yeah. Uh, but. But yeah, it's just in, in licensing. We're like, like I say, we're we're um, at the end of a process. So you know, if someone, for example, takes wants to use a vacant, sh what used to be a vacant shop as a as a bar or a club or something like that, then there's that planning process which they they should go through as well as licensing. So so we tend to we tend to be secondary, if you like, to to the planning process. So so it can be. So yeah, I can't always really answer that one. Um, yeah, I can just add in terms, so obviously with me managing the late night levy, I look at late night levy premises more closely, so I can't speak for all licensed premises, yeah. but I can say that a lot of the expansion that we're seeing is actually people applying to extend their hours in the borough. Okay. So that's another way for the, for the growth to continue, is yes. for people to actually stay open later. Okay. Um, so you, you've seen people go from, you know, showing at 12 to shutting at 1 or 2. So there are there is an expansion happening. But yeah, like David said, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to kind of predict or, or yeah. That's amazing. David, what does success look like from you in regards to your objectives? I mean, long term, I mean, when it, it might seem um, that uh, you kind of are... Um, action in plans d d delivered from centralized government but it does um, appear that you have um, uh, a legacy within your role and uh, just kind of see that Hackney is thriving in that area does can you arti articulate what success looks like for you from your job perspective uh, I guess it's a, a bit of a tricky question it I know, is, yeah, yeah. Because my, my role is it, ultimately um, regulation, so I, 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 I do work in regulation. So, yeah. so success, for, success for me is, is, I have to say, you know, compliant businesses. Mm -hmm. um, when we go out and do inspections, people are compliant, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting many complaints from residents or other businesses. Uh, when my colleagues in other service areas are going out, they're not finding any issues. That that for me is success. Yeah. Um, whether that then translates to a thriving nightlife, <laughs> <laughs> it might not. I'm afraid, but um, but but yeah, still at the same time, you know, we 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 like people to visit the borough. 
Um, we want people to come here and enjoy themselves and be safe when they do it. But to come in, have a good time, go home, get home safely, whether it's listening to music, watching a show, going to the theatre, yeah. um, whether it's eating fried chicken or kebabs <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> as long as they're safe and they can, they yeah. can get home, that, 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 for, that for me and for us is success. Brilliant. And I, yeah, I just want to add that safety, like from, from what David was saying, safety has to do with getting everyone, you know, together and proactive about it. Yes. So not just from an enforcement perspective, but getting, you know, security guards, venue managers, you know, residents, the public. If everyone's aware of everything that's going on, I think that's essentially what's going to make the borough safer. And I think you're a bit modest because I need you to kind of elaborate <laughs> on... Yeah, no, seriously, I, I'll, I'll say it from the purpose of the podcast because... Yeah. When we were taking some pictures of the area and walking around just the other day, you invited me out on uh, one of your engagement trips in the area of Shoreditch. So yeah. you're actually out there on the front line yeah. making sure that the, 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 the money spent is yeah. being spent properly and the yeah. people who are um, frequenting the, the nighttime economy are being looked after. So what does that... When you invited me out that night, yeah. what, what does that actually okay, look I'll, like? Okay, I'll get yeah. into brass tacks. Um, yeah. So uh, we've just launched uh, our nighttime safety charter called Hackney Nights. Now, what that includes is um, an online portal for licensees where they can actually receive information about safety. They can follow online trainings. There will also be monthly training sessions for licensees. Um, and they're also, you know, so there's a way to connect them to each other as well. Okay. And where they can see where local events like pub watch meetings, where that's, that's where all the pubs get together and discuss safety, or ward panels where residents and businesses alike can attend and tell the police their concerns for the area. So these are all things that people might not necessarily be aware of in their day to day. And that actually just having them be aware of that mm -hmm. and attending these meetings and engaging with other people in their local area, mm. I think that, that is what I'm going there to push. Yeah. I'm going there to push to them these trainings, these offers, these, these community meetings so that, yeah. so that in turn, it will, they, will, they will confide in each other and, yeah. and, and, and that will go towards the safety of the local area. Yeah, and once again, I stress you are very modest because how I came uh, into your company, you actually uh, came into the, the venue that I was in and what you had with you was a get well card for someone who'd actually been involved in an incident. And again, that showed a level of care I'd never really would have associated with the council, yeah. to be fair. But you were, you were basically taking this card around to venues to sign for an individual yeah. who worked in an, uh, 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 a pub in the local area yeah. to, to get well soon. Yeah, and I have to say, some of the credit of that goes to uh, Maggie, one of our pub watch chairs. Um, she accompanied me on that. So we, we regularly go out and talk to local businesses in Stokington off licenses, late night premises. So yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think it's an important thing though, because in... in, in in essence, these communities are what's going to dictate what our nighttime economy looks like in mm -hmm. the future. So it's really important that we, um, we, we know who they are. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, I think we are stretched for time a little bit, but I want to say thank you very much uh, to Samantha Mathis. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And David Chewitt. You're very welcome. And for anyone who wants to kind of find any more information about that, there'll be links on my website, but also you can head over to um, the Hackney Council website to find a lot more information about what we spoke about, including statistics.
Yeah. And I'll, 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 I'll make sure to provide some information that people can look at. Bring it. Yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>